This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you are listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, I have someone from an industry whom I've always uh, had a whole lot of respect for, and uh, we get to talk about, I think, a topic that's right up our alley and also something that's really interesting to me. Frida, uh, do us a favor and introduce yourself and your wonderful company, Pymetrics. Thanks. Uh, I really appreciate the kind words. So um, I'm the CEO and co-founder of a company called Pymetrics. Um, Prior to that, I was an academic scientist at Harvard and MIT studying cognitive science. Um, And really what Pymetrics does is it leverages advances in behavioral science, cognitive science, and machine learning um, to, to attempt to make the matching of people to jobs, the most accurate and least biased that it possibly can be. So. I love that. And you are a PhD. I am. I'm a doctor. Yes. You are. Do I need to call you? Do I I call you? No, that's fine. No, nobody calls me Dr. Polly. Um, Nobody. But you could if you wanted to. Come on now. You've made your friends, you made your friends and family at one point call you doctor. (laughs) No, I don't think I ever did, but. The uh, uh, the topic today is AI diversity and hiring more fairly. Yep. So why don't we start at the top? What prior to AI? What were the biases in hiring that you and I would have would have faced? Yeah, um, and, and I mean, I think look, I think that it's not just prior to AI. I think they exist today, right now. Yeah, good point. December twenty twenty. Um, <laughs> so they coexist with with AI. So. Look, I think that, um, and there's a there's a great uh, PNAS Proceedings of the National Academy of Science paper on this from I think a few years back, showing that when we audit human decision making, and you can do that, you can basically send resumes to firms, and then all you do to audit their behavior um, to see whether it changes based on race or gender is you essentially change the name on the resume. So instead of Jamal, instead of John Williams, it's Jamal Williams or Jane Williams, depending on if you're looking at ethnicity or sex. And uh, unfortunately, um, what those studies find, and this was a meta-analysis of 30 years of these studies, so it wasn't just one single study, they find that essentially if you change the name from John to Jamal for the exact same resume, you get for every 10 interviews John gets, Jamal gets seven, okay? So that's pretty bad, right? Because again, like us, those of us that work in the employment in the uh, in the hiring space know that um, you know, if you're if you're a selection tool, as Pymetrics is, you have to pass the four fifths rule, which is the eighty percent rule. And I just told you that human decision making doesn't pass the four fifths rule, right? Um, so that's a problem, right? And I think that it's an under discussed problem because I think in our concern around algorithmic bias, you know, this bias, that bias, we forget, unfortunately. And again, I don't forget because I studied the human mind <laughs> for ten years that humans fundamentally are, are biased and they don't mean to be. I mean, we're bi- I'm biased, you are biased. It's not a personal thing. 
And the, you know, the thing to just note is that, and again, Daniel Kahneman speaks about this in his book, Thinking Fast and Slow, we have, you know, system one thinking and system two thinking. And system one thinking is the sort of fast automatic decision-making system. And system two is the sort of slow deliberate system. And all of, most of the time when we're interacting, we're engaging with system two. So we think, oh, these wonderful people, they're so diversity focused, they're amazing. But then when you're snapped, you're reviewing a resume and taking six seconds, it's not system two thinking that's coming into play. It's system one thinking. And that's where that unconscious bias comes in. And again, you know, I just showed you what happens when you audit that system one thinking, you get <laughs> a human decision-making process that doesn't meet the four fifths rule. And then on top of that, there are other meta-analyses out there equally, equally compelling to show that this focus on unconscious bias training to try to de-bias the human mind, un unfortunately just doesn't work. Um, and again, you know, it, there's a decade of research showing that. So when we think about bias, human bias, unconscious bias, we have to understand two things. One, it's strong, it remains unabated over in the 30 years we've been studying it. And two, it's not removed by unconscious bias training. So I think that's a bias we have to be really concerned about. Um, and then, you know, layer into that, that um, then you can have tools that are learning from human behavior and not, not being discriminating enough in realizing, hey, if I'm replicating these biased human decisions, right, then I'm gonna be just as problematic as the biased human decisions. Um, you know, so I think those are the two types of biases that we have to be concerned about is one sort of the original sin of human bias, which again, we're never going to get rid of in human beings. We just have to learn how to mitigate it. And two, the fact that when we build algorithms, we build hiring technologies of any kind, AI or non-AI, um, we have to be really concerned that those technologies are not just replicating the human bias. So for the for the folks that don't have a PhD, the mm -hmm. difference between bias and preference is, mm -hmm. is is how do you explain that? Yeah. So look, I don't I sort of sidestep the whole humanities discussion of what is fairness? There's 21 different <laughs> fairness. I'm not a big the, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I gotta tell you, I went to a liberal arts college and philosophy was <laughs> my least favorite class. I'm more of a pragmatist at heart. So right. I don't, the, I define bias as disparate impact. That's what I think of as bias. It. It's the, you know, the, what's um, put into law by title seven and that's how I define bias. So I'll just leave it at that. We'll just, we'll just stay there. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Otherwise so, it just gets way too complicated. I think well, for well, my, and, my small brain to, uh, to deal with. And, and semantics then kind of flood in and we, there's no yeah. need for it. Yeah. Eliminating. I noticed that when you, when you first started to introduce Pymetrics, you went oh. and you, you said a phrase and you'll have to correct me on, on what it sure. was, but it was eliminating biases, but you didn't say completely mm -hmm. like, like you left off. And I, and I wondered if I missed it uh, or if you did that on purpose. You know, honestly, I don't. So, you know, I was not a, a, an IO psychologist or a human research, uh, human resources professional prior to starting Pymetrics. I was a bench scientist. So, um, I think I use terms more loosely than I might now, like five years ago, if you'd asked me, what's the difference between bias and preference, I might have had a completely <laughs> different answer. Now I'm committed to my answer that I'm really talking about disparate impact. Um, so what I would say is this, that Pymetrics does not release an algorithm unless uh, it can pass disparate impact testing, meaning right. that it is above the four-fifths rule. So I can say that with absolute confidence. We, that's just the thing our system does not do. And again, we just recently completed a third party audit that was done by 
um, a research team at Northeastern led by Krista Wilson, who's sort of a, you know, the grandfather of algorithmic auditing. And, you know, that's going to be available soon um, in terms of people can, can read it themselves, um, where he basically says, yes, indeed, time metrics doesn't release an algorithm unless it passes those, that threshold and other thresholds as well. Um, so that's the that's Pymetrics' uh, version or not version answer response to um, what do we do regarding bias or disparate impact? We will not release right. them unless it's been disparate impact. It, uh, so if if humans are involved, mm -hmm. there's there's going to be some element of bias at you know at the end of at the end of the process where somewhere in the process if humans are involved there will be bias it's it's a matter of containment i think it's a it's like the the analogy i like to use is the following i don't actually believe humans should be removed from hiring it i don't think that's right. a good idea just like i don't think doctors should be removed from healthcare right <laughs> however i do think that algorithms can be beneficial right if if designed properly and if they Again, I think all algorithms should be disparate impact tested before they're released. That's that's my personal belief. Um, and I think if you can do that, then you provide a data point to a recruiter, hiring manager, whoever, that you can feel confident um, is meeting, you know, the definition of not having bias as per disparate impact um, uh, uh, legislation. Does that make sense? I'm yeah, not totally. saying that oh gosh, let's get rid of humans or, you know, whatever. I think it's an and process. I think it's an and process because I think humans can add, you know, tremendous value. However, I also think back to the point that I made about system one thinking that right. they have to always be mindful of the fact that there, there is going to be bias in the human process. And unfortunately, I mean, again, I think we're just naive to think that it doesn't occur or that we can remove it. And I include myself. I am not <laughs> pointing right. fingers and saying you over there have it. And I, Frida Polly, am wonderful and don't. I'm saying I free to poly have it. You too also have it. And we just need to be more mindful of how we mitigate that. You know, it's a little bit like self-driving cars as well. I mean, self-driving cars are held to this extreme standard of like zero accidents, right? Right. But human drivers text and drive, drink and drive. They do all sorts of crazy stuff, right? So I think if we could implement a system where <laughs> there was some override of that human propensity <laughs> for dangerous behavior while driving, we'd all be happier and, and better off for it. Does that mean that every car has to be self-driving? No, it doesn't mean that. So. so so, I know the audience will care because you you did mention something that the bringing kind of our human biases into the future. So mm -hmm. um, what are some of those biases right now that, that, that folks, if they you know, didn't know the official term, what are some of the biases that we're trying to mitigate yeah, so, reduce sure i mean look i think that unfortunately and again i'm going to take this really high level and, and hopefully your audience will either enjoy it or forgive oh yeah me. so oh, no. Oh, no. They're good. you know we have been trying to measure things about human beings in behavioral science for a long time those things include everything from what we measure in hiring to sat scores to fico scores to lots of basically what i would call human measurement systems right those human measurement systems um, are really important because they meet out opportunity, right? They are not trivial <laughs> and they usually exist in highly regulated environments, right? So it's not just hiring. Think about lending, think about health insurance, think about college admissions, right? All of these systems are behavioral science systems on some level, right? That measure human beings. 
and again, this is why I said this is really high level. So hopefully right. you and the audience will, will oh, yeah. be along for the ride. And what I would say is this, there are advances that we have made in the last two to three decades, which don't blow up previous science. They just add to it in a way that I think is important that are not, I don't think, being properly reflected in how we're measuring human beings. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, I think we can do better than FICO scores. I think think there's a lot of improvement. However, because all, all these industries are highly regulated, there's a challenge to developing new technologies. And I can tell you, my experience in running Chemetrics, what those challenges have been. But this, to answer your question of what are the biases that still exist? I mean, quite frankly, they're the biases that have been around forever. They're not new, right? They're racial biases, they're uh, gender biases, they're biases, they're age biases, all these things which just look around, you know what I mean? Like right. you, you could be a PhD. Um, I think probably my four-year-old could sort of point to some of them. Um, and so it's not that the biases are new. Um, I personally think that we haven't evolved our methods of measuring human beings enough to try to, to mitigate some of those biases. And that's what, you know, Pymetrics attempts to do. And I think there are other systems out there too. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, oh, right. is the only thing, but I think that systems need to be designed intentionally to try to mitigate some of those biases. And I think there are a lot of blockers in the way of doing that in, in, in large part because these industries are all regulated and, you know, anecdote for you and your audience, um, you know, when we like, early, not, not even early days of Pymetrics, but when we were in market selling and we would come across buyers, CHROs, I'll never forget this one conversation where CHRO of a very large company asked me, have you been sued? Nice. <laughs> and I was like, Proudly, no. Isn't that awesome? No, <laughs> you're not an entrepreneur guy. unless you've been sued. And he said, no, no. And he said, oh, that's really unfortunate. And I looked at him. I was like, wow, we're having a disconnect here. And he's like, you know, come back to me when Pemetrics has been sued <laughs> and won in court. And I was like, but my whole point of my company, the only time you get sued is when people think you have disparate impact. My entire point of my platform is not <laughs> at it. And how is this conversation happening? Right. But I mean, we're laughing, but that is a real problem. Right. Right now, people are, are more prone to use a, a tool. And, and let's take, you know, the widespread use of general mental ability tests, right, which right. we all know have disparate impact. Nobody makes any the people don't hide it. Right. Um, I don't think the public is as aware as they might like to be about how significant it is. I mean, you know, GMA tests, the, the literature suggests cognitive tests, you know, only, um, you know, select three out, out of every three African-Americans for every 10 Caucasians and five Latino for every 10. So these disparate impact in, are, are not small. You know what I mean? We're not talking, I mean, we're, we're talking pretty significant ones, but they don't make any bones about it. And they you know, rely on having been battle tested, right? We all know big companies that provide these tools that, you know, that do a lot of business because people are like, when, when the question arises, have you been sued? They say, yes, <laughs> in court because of the business necessity impact. So I think, again, the biases that exist are well-known, well-understood. They come from sort of historical ways of thinking about things, doing things, measuring people, they're not related just to hiring. I think they exist in all, all different spaces um, related to human measurement. And I think the fact that all these industries are regulated, you know, it, which is good, they should be re- regulated. But, but I think right now there's a bit of, I wouldn't call it regulatory capture, but something along the lines of like the older tools that do show disparate impact and have been battle tested are preferred over newer ways of doing things that, that, that intend to not show disparate impact and, and maybe haven't been sued. And again, I'm, there are others other than, you know, Pymetrics. And right. I think that's 
a bit of a conundrum that we that we need to reflect upon more broadly you know people will ask especially my audience they'll ask um as relates to the title hiring more for, for, uh, fairly mm-hmm. how do you how do you know when you reach that goal yeah so again i mean i think this is just a, a little bit of semantics like right. our definition of fair um really right. should probably be amended to disparate impact right for, you know what i mean because that's really the definition we use we're not philosophically you know, going to pick the one definition of fairness out of the 21 that exists. <laughs> Again, to my mind, the most right. important is obviously disparate impact. Obviously, you're mindful of disparate treatment as well. Um, but I think for, you know, as UGEP's lines, uh, lines out in, you know, sort of its, um, its, uh, its uh, laws or whatever, you, however you would define UGEP's, um, it's typically focused on disparate impact so so let's go into disparate impact and you just sure. said for uh, just a second which i love is disparate treatment which is different than the impact yeah. um would you just school the audience on kind of if they're not thinking about disparate impact what it is and and sure. treatment what it is yeah so disparate impact essentially is um is statistical parity between groups. So it's essentially group fairness. It's making sure that you are treating um, members of particular groups um, the same. And, it, and again, it's typically defined in, a, you know, it, as statistical parity, right? Right. Uh, right. Disparate treatment is saying no person. So it's, it's individual fairness. It's no person should be treated differently because of their, you know, race, gender, you know, Etc. Does that make sense? So it's really oh, totally. the, the 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 um, discussion of whether it's uh, group versus individual fairness. So that totally makes sense. Yep. So so the the thing that uh, that Amazon did a well, a year ago, I guess, up to this point, yep. they pulled the plug on it. As I understand it and read about it, they pulled the plug on it. And what they didn't I wonder use it actually is my right. understanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they didn't even use it. They right. they modeled it and it right. modeled the way That's, that they, yep. right? Yep. Why would you pull the plug on that and not fix it? You know, that's a question for Amazon. I know a few folks over there. <laughs> well, you, I'm not sure. Theoretically, so, theoretically, we so, won't talk about Amazon. So I think I have an answer for you. Okay. Um, it really, it really gets into the data. So I think, and we didn't, we didn't really touch upon this as much in, in the discussion of Pymetrics, but I think it's worth talking about. Um, you know, AI systems are uh, are about the machine learning, and but they're also about the data. And the problem with certain types of data is that if you try to mitigate bias or you know meet disparate impact thresholds, you may remove so much of the signal that it becomes essentially useless, right? And I think that and and so just again to school your audience, that happens generally speaking when the data set that you have is is rife with proxy variables. So what I mean by that uh, is like all of your data is essentially correlated with race or gender or age or disability or whatever, and. In you know, in half like Pymetrics is a new system, so we had the advantage of saying, "Hey, we're not we're going to choose, um, we're and we're a soft skill measurement platform. We're going to choose soft skills, cognitive, social, and emotional aptitudes that we know are not correlated with gender and race. Does that make sense? Or age? Totally. Did that on purpose? That was like by design. But Amazon is just parsing resumes, and resumes right. are rife with proxy variables. Rife, right? And so that's the issue is that you've, if you've trained on a, you know, primarily male, uh, you know, uh, training set and you have 
your you know primary data is rife with proxy variables, if you remove the bias or you know, then you're also going to remove the noise. And this happens repeatedly, repeatedly. And I think that that's probably why they didn't fix it. But you know, I, I could be wrong. Um, and the other thing I'm going to say, William, is that you know there's this big um, there's almost like a truism in machine learning communities whereby, oh, well, you know, if you try to correct for disparate impact, you're going to be um, making disparate treatment worse. Like there's this tension, right? Between right, the individual right. fairness. I want to make this clear for the audience because I don't think a lot of people fully understand this because I didn't understand at the beginning. That is only true if there are basically proxy variables in your data. Like if there are inherent base differences in the variables between groups, that is when that tension arises, right? Does that make sense? Like yep. that tension actually doesn't arise if that if that other thing isn't true. And the way that Pemetric sidesteps this, because this is a criticism we get all the time. Oh, but you know, you're, you know, you're optimizing for disparate impact and you're going to cause disparate treatment. And I say, no, no, you don't understand. That's not the way it works. Like, because our variables are not proxy variables for race, gender, and ethnicity. Soft skills, luckily, um, and certainly the ones we've decided to focus on are far more equally distributed between genders, between races, between people of different age groups. And so if you start with data that is far less problematic, you can do a lot more with respect to all these very important issues um, without getting you know, into hot water or sort of you know, decommissioning an entire project because there's no way to fix it. Right. Odd question. What if, what if a company wants to be biased and just hear me out? They will have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. Let's, let's, let's say it's a manufacturing firm in, in the middle of uh, Des Moines, Iowa, yep. right? And it's all men. Okay. And they realize and it's all white men. Are we disparaging they, islands? Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. They, <laughs> or to Silicon Valley VC. Either, either way. Sure. But they recognize that they they have to do things differently and they want sure. more women and they want more uh, people of color, et cetera. Like they want, yep. so yep. they yep. want to be biased. I guess that's the wrong way of saying that, but they, they don't want to end up with a result that equals what they've already got. Mm -hmm. How do that, how do they go? I mean, first of all, what should they do? Because I know, I, I mean, yeah. I know a lot of practitioners that, that are in situations where they want to hire more of something yeah. define that as you wish yeah and uh but at the same time they want to be fair yeah so sorry i wouldn't define that as want to be biased i thought you were going somewhere different with that <laughs> so oh so, i could have <laughs> yeah yeah you definitely could have so i think that's an easy question to answer so again and i'm just going to focus on pymetrics because it's what right. i know best the beauty of a, of a data source that does not have a lot of proxy variables in it is that you can measure and people get flummoxed by this all the time because we have clients that you know maybe overly male or maybe a really caucasian I and mean, we have a lot of finance firms for example right. um the beauty of a soft skill platform um where these variables are evenly distributed is you can actually measure white men but because you can find these attributes equally in women and in people of color, you can end up with a model that will recommend those groups. Uh, Does that make sense? Yes, totally. You're not, you're not skimping on the no. predictability or you know, the attributes that you care about. It's that you picked a data source where you can find those attributes just as easily in women or people of color. And it really is a choice, William. And, I'm, and I'll use this example, right? There are more men named John than there yep. are men in the Fortune 500 set. Right. 
Right. I and thought it was Michael, it, but John makes sense too. I think it's John, but whatever. If you just picked a name yeah. to predict your future CEOs, right, which right. is a proxy variable, you will end up just picking a lot more Johns or Michaels or. Keith. That's why my sons right? are both named John and Michael. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's why all three of my daughters are named John. Um, <laughs> so, but if you pick variables that are equally found in the Janes or Marys or whatever those women are named and Johns, right? It's your choice. You can either measure their name, which is just going to lead you to pick more Johns, or you can measure things that Jane and John have equally. If you build your algorithm with the data that John and Jane have equally, you'll find more Janes and you'll find more Jamals. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's really, the data is so critical in this. And I think that's why back to this idea of like, we need to improve behavioral science beyond FICO scores, beyond SATs, beyond no offense, dated, you know, general, general mental ability tests. There are right. better ways of doing this. And I think, you know, I, we, we get a lot of pushback because people have been doing this a certain way for a long time. And, da, da, da. and I'm like, guys, I get it. I'm a behavioral scientist. I'm not saying everything you're doing is terrible, but there have been improvements and innovation in behavioral science in the last freaking decades or two. And Might want to use it. And put our heads in the sand and be like, oh, it's all the same as it was 100 years ago. I think it's just misguided. Yeah. And it also just yeah. makes behavioral scientists kind of look like we don't have anything new to add, which I think is unfortunate, you know? So, yeah, we used to ride around in horse and buggies too. So, yeah. you know, it yeah. turns out that changed. What are, right. what are questions like? So, when you talk to practitioners, what are questions that that they should ask about AI about AI products? About AI's products specifically, I would ask: yeah. Do you do any um, pre testing of your algorithms to ensure that they're not triggering disparate impact? And you know, and if they say no, then I would ask: Well, why not? And if they say yes, then I would say: Well, what are the results? <laughs> and right. ask them that's what i would do if i were me so so pre-testing that's 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 uh like a third-party independent uh you could have it be done by a third-party independent right. as you did you could also provide your own self audit right. which is what we did prior to that pre-testing basically means what amazon did which is yes. like i'm not going to release it i'm going to look at the impact that it has right um before I release it. And there are multiple ways to do this, but I think if a vendor can't provide you with some sort of pre-testing evidence that of, of what it, what the impact is going to be, I think you're kind of flying blind. That's right. That's right. Well, and, or hope, which is even worse. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you're hoping exactly. that it works out. What, what totally. should, what should we have talked about that we didn't get around to as it relates to AI? Yeah, honestly, we covered a lot of things. So I think, uh, I think, <laughs> I think there's a lot in here. So I'm pretty happy with, uh, all the topics that we covered. I so. love talking with you. I always learn something. So thank okay. you. Thank you for a carving out time for the podcast. Absolutely. And, uh, and until next time Absolutely. on the recruiting Absolutely. daily podcast. You've been listening to the recruiting live podcast by recruiting daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.